Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. As you know, my show is all about transformation, and transformation is such a deep, delicious, wonderful thing, and mostly, when we think about transformation, we think about personal transformation. And you know, we're going to talk a little bit about personal transformation today, but we're also going to focus on the transformation of an industry. Aha, I know, kind of a different exciting spin there. My guest today is somebody who has transformed in so many different ways. But one of the things that he is doing now is he has created a company that will help transform the way people shop for legal services. I know, aren't you excited to learn more? I knew you would be. Anyway, today's guest is Cash Butler, and without further ado, I just want to bring him on the show and dive right on in. So welcome to the show, Cash. Hi, Laura. I'm happy to be here. Oh, good. I'm so happy to have you here. Okay. As my listeners know, and as you know, this show is about transformation and building your dreams, and living what I like to call your sparkle. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your background and the various ways you have built your dreams and lived your sparkle? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, I've transformed a number of times. Uh, I uh, was a reasonably decent athlete when I was younger and I was more focused on sports than maybe I should have been on academics. Um, that said, I, I, I transformed into, uh, uh, you know, be able to become a good academic scholar, I suppose, uh, having a few master's degrees under my belt now. Um, and I actually started out working in banking right out of college. Um, and I liked it. I ran information technology stuff. And then I, I saw an opportunity to, to get my master's in business administration. Um, and I took a, 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 I went and, you know, updated my education. And then um, I got recruited into the legal space. Um, so I thought I was going to always go back into banking and, and information technology. And, uh, you know, during my, course of my MBA career, I, all of a sudden, you know, what is this legal thing? Now, I had a little bit of understanding of the legal market because my younger brother, Mark, is a, a lawyer, a lit- business litigator. But, uh, you know, it really uh, was a new industry, new world, very exciting, uh, something new to learn, which was really cool. So that's how I got into legal. Yeah, it sounds like you like to learn if you've got all of this education. <laughs> yeah, I, as I like to tell people, I learn something new every day, and there's not a person on the planet I can't learn something from. Absolutely. Sometimes it's what not to do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and 
And sometimes that's the more valuable education, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So is learning something that lights you up? Or what, what do you think are some of the biggest things that light you up? So I really like learning. I like learning a lot. I love competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to something that is either fragmented or broken and make it better, either an internal business process or, in this case, external business processes. Um, there's always ways to improve. There's, you know, it's the people process technology and fitting them all together to get to a result that helps improve either people's lives or business outcomes. It really doesn't matter. It's just this sort of path that, you know, how can we do stuff better, faster, less expensive, more valuable? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my sparkle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that because there are so many things that, well, so many things in our whole world, in our society, whether it's business or personal, that, well, it's always been done this way. And this is how we do it. Yeah, that's our, my biggest competition in today's world is uh, what I call business as usual. Um, you know, even when you can show uh, significant time saving, significant cost reduction, significant quality improvement, there's a lot of folks that um, say, well, that's all great, but, you know, we've been doing it this way for a while. Um, you know, we're going to keep doing it this way. So it's, it's, uh, challenging to me because my mind does not work that way. No, not at all. Okay. You can appreciate this story then when I was a new lawyer and I was practicing in California, I had a really, really old senior partner. I mean, literally he was probably in his early eighties. And one of the first assignments he gave me was to file some kind of a motion. And I had never heard of that kind of emotion. But I thought, well, I'm a new lawyer. I started researching it, couldn't find anything out about that motion. I went to one of the other partners and I'm like, uh, he asked me to file this. And they said, they quit filing those in like 1975. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, you know what? Unfortunately, that does not surprise me. It's, it's um, a little too common. Um, yeah. But uh, it is. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So learning competition and taking broken fragmented things and fixing them up. So what are you doing right now that kind of feeds your sparkle and helps you build your dreams right now today? Well, the first thing I like to do is I like to meet people. I'm a people person. I enjoy people. I absolutely love to interact with people. I also like to interact and and network and learn about stuff, Uh, learn about not the the people, the process, the technology, the business challenge, the business, you know, what what the outcome should be. Um, So, you know, this, my new venture into Clerolegal is it's about alignment, aligning the legal vertical market and from the, the business to the general counsel to the law firm or law firms to the vendors that support the law firm law firms the the general counsel and the business and making sure that they all are you know basically rowing the boat towards a common destination a common goal um there's a lot of you know it's sort of like um it can be like the game of telephone tag but on steroids Um, trying to keep, you know, uh, projects on course. And 
not only projects on course, but the results. Sometimes it's not, you know, the result that the business wants. Sometimes it's not very well communicated. And so, you know, there's increased costs and, you know, sort of projects going off the, the side of, you know, the side of off the rail, I guess. Um, so that's what I'm really focused on. We have a, 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 um, an interview series that we do uh, called the Clara Legal Value Series that interviews people about what they, what they need, what they want, and what, how, they, how they define value in either delivering or consuming uh, a, a legal service. And by the way, it's not just legal services. My, it could be, you know, business services. It could be, you know, I'm, my, my mind doesn't stop. It's uh, <laughs> hyperactive, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, you, you said a couple of things that I kind of want to circle back around to. Mm -hmm. um, alignment of all of these different pieces of the puzzle. I know for the listeners out there, they can probably relate to this, whether they're shopping for legal services, whether it's like, you know, everybody makes fun of the government or large business or whatever. People are always saying the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Yeah. And, and I, I see that in so many different industries and it doesn't matter. There's always this confusion and some people are going here and some people are going here and, and then costs run amok and nobody knows what's happening. So it sounds to me like your work with Clara Legal is eliminating some of that and bringing everything into alignment. That's exactly what our goal is. Our goal is to connect value sought to value delivered and not in a way um, that there's a sort of in a win-win uh, situation. So the, the providers win, they get more business that they can uh, execute more efficiently. The buyers win because they get lower costs and better work or better product. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the corporation wins or the organization wins because it's not always a corporation because they they can define they can it help we help them define what it is they're looking for what their risk profile and tolerance is so that the the, the general counsel knows the law firm knows and the the, the third-party vendors like electronic discovery or cybersecurity vendors know and they can all deliver to a common goal to get an outcome that makes everybody happy mm -hmm. that's you know the goal yeah. <laughs> And I wrote down that phrase where you said value sought to value delivered because you're right. We all define value differently. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, whether it's in business or in personal, I think the most common example that I just kind of want to bring it down to is maybe for like a divorced lawyer because the goal is to end up divorced. Yep. Yep. <laughs> for some people, the value might be in a quick, efficient divorce. For some people, the value might be in that personal touch and connection and calls, extra calls to find out how you're feeling. And some people, the value might be in winning a certain amount. So, you know, just because I think divorce is such a common example of what is a successful divorce? Oh my gosh, it can mean a million different things to a million different people. And you take that to a business environment and you're right. The value sought by the president and CEO might be different than the value sought by the CFO, which is different than the value sought by the legal team. 
Hey, you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, the CFO is going to be focused on the lowest cost possible. The, 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 the other folks in the business want to get the best result possible for, I mean, it could be, you know, uh, settling something to preserve reputation. I mean, there's all kinds of different, um, you know, ways to look at these things, but the key is at the start to have these discussions, define them and give folks a target. They need a target and what they need to deliver to. And then guess what? More than likely by doing that, it may be a struggle at the, the, the start. You're going to end up a happier client or a happier uh, business executive because you, you know, you're going to get what you want. Yes. Not what someone else tells you they you need. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love that phrase target to deliver to and tying that back around to sports because you started off by saying you were, an, you know, an athlete way back when. It is that target to deliver to. Where does the football goal? If you you know if you don't have the goal post, where do you know where to take the football? <laughs> That's right. That's right. The um, yeah. uh, sports is an interest. You know, particularly team sports have been very very uh, helpful to me um, in my in building my uh, oh personality or the, how I can sort of do things a little bit more intuitively than others because I do a SWOT analysis. When I, you know, for people I want to work with, I like to say, okay, I'm going to be on a hockey line with, you know, Joe. What does Joe do well? What do I do well? How can we maximize our potential together? Or alternatively, you know, I'm lined up across the face-off circle from, I don't know, Dennis. And I say, oh gosh, he's bigger and stronger and faster. What, what can I do to counteract or how can I, how can I win? So that's I'm sort of doing like a, a, a mental uh, SWOT analysis, um, but it's you know sort of human behavior. It's it's sort of it's interesting, um, but it helps really helps make those decisions and uh, understanding a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that because not not everybody has to be doing the same thing, but the whole team has to be reaching for that same target for that same goal. Here's the basketball hoop. We're all going there. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you know it's not just sports, but it's you know there's an orchestra. Every everyone has their piece to play. They you know really um, you know you know the, the 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 string section needs to interact with the the brass section and the drum section, and you know things need to be you know optimized or choreographed optimally to deliver a product. So it's not just the sports thing. It's, you know, in anything we do, we can apply these kinds of things to figure out, you know, who does what, how can we, you know, deliver something that's the best we can do. So. Yeah, absolutely. So in building this company and building this concept, Clara Legal, I kind of want to walk you through my five steps of flaunt. So okay. Yeah, so listeners can kind of take you and your journey and then maybe learn, first of all, but then second, learn how they might be able to take these five steps and apply it to some of their own passions. You know, maybe they're thinking, I like learning too, I'm competitive too, ooh, I could make changes in my industry, whether that industry is, you know, healthcare or travel or, you know, cosmetology. You mm -hmm. can take what you're doing and you can apply the concepts of Clara Legal almost to any industry. Yep, absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. So the first step of flaunt is find your fetish. And that just really means finding what you love doing. And I think you've answered some of that. You love fixing things. But yep. yep. What are some of the other things that really that you love about Claire Legal and what you're doing? I love networking. I love fixing things. I love I love helping helping uh, people and organizations get a better results. If I were to sum up the, my my superpower, it would be helping people. Try to help them, either you know, match them to someone that can help them out, or help myself, or you know, that that would be that that would be my number one uh, thing is helping people because you know. I guess I'm a little bit of a believer in karma. seems like every time I help someone and do someone a good turn, something really good happens to me. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so true. And it seems to me like you're creating a company kind of around that core value. Absolutely. Um, I was just at a a conference. We had a party and I invited a bunch of my uh, provider friends and and management team. And um, someone mentioned that, uh, you know, because I was introducing people to one another and, you know, there was business transactions, friendships made, food and, you know, drink and merriment around and a, you know, fun atmosphere. And someone looked at me and says, you know, Cash, what you've done here with Clara Legal is you've automated your personality. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. I hadn't really thought of it uh, quite like that, but uh, there's some truth to it. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, that moves right into the second step of flaunt, which is laugh out loud. I have always been a big believer that we do what's fun. We do what makes us happy. And if we're not laughing, we're not sending that joy and that love out into the world. And why bother? Um, What makes you laugh? I I laugh early and often. I, I like to whistle while I work. So everything I do... You know, there's there's enough tension and stress in the world. Why not make it fun? Why not make it, you know, sort of happier? Um, I mean, in my world, you know, that happiness is a choice to me, and I choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love to, you know, just have – we can have serious discussions, but make them fun. You know, you know, share a joke, share a smile, say hello, say – you know, I mean, that's one of the things my mother taught me when I was a young person. She was always networking and having, she knows, knows everybody. Um, and, you know, she, she doesn't ever have a bad word to say about anyone or anything. And she goes, you know, Cash and Mark and Steve and my brothers, it costs me nothing to be nice or nothing to be friendly. I say, hello. I say, how's your morning? Oh, isn't it a wonderful day? And, you know, when I, I learned when I was a young girl, uh, my mom, not me, um, <laughs> the, um, that the only, if I got mad at somebody, the only person it would hurt was be me. Uh, yeah. It would be, you know, all that negative energy would, you know, was tiring and, ex- you know, exhausting. So she instilled that in us as young people. And, you know, we, we, we all sort of follow that sort of mom's direction. Yeah, exactly. So do you think for people who kind of were raised differently, do you think that's a skill that they can choose to adopt at any point in life? I think it is a skill. You know, it's like anything else. Practice makes perfect. You have to, you know, 
figure out that that's, this is something you want to do and achieve. And then you have to, to try it. You have to try it and see how it works for you. Um, see if it improves the environment in which you find yourself. Um, and it's just, you know, it's repetition, it's practice. And it's second nature for me. I can't walk down the street without waving at someone or saying hello, or it, it just second nature. And that, I think the repetition and then the, it's, it's really not even, um, measured feedback but the feedback that you feel when someone else smiles back or says hello or my gosh cash you're really nice that you know that 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 goes a long way yeah it really really does now you've been in some pretty serious industries whether it's legal or banking or it um do you find in the professional environment it's harder for people to laugh i you know that's a good question um I think it can be. Um, it depends on the culture of the organization. Um, you know, uh, so when people are not happy at work, I consider that to be a toxic culture or toxic organization. Yeah. Um, and so I would remove myself from those types of things. Uh, that said, I know plenty of people who do not that stay there and, and, and then come home and, you know, complain that, Oh, what a, you know, bad day and so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. It just, I don't find value in, in doing that. So I look for ways to, I don't say avoid it, but to minimize it. I mean, not every day is going to be perfect, but um, I don't have to, to, to take it out on anybody else. I mean, there are some people that are frustratingly negative. Um, And there's other people that, aren't. And guess what? It's not just top down either. It can be bottom up. Uh, I had a, a, a cranky um, uh, senior vice president that I reported to at one point early on in my career, but you know, myself and a few of the, his direct reports um, were able to bring a little, I don't know, sunshine is the right word, but positive uh, stuff into his world. And lo and behold, you know, he started to change. And, you know, treat people uh, a little more uh, humanely. Um, So it's interesting, though. It's really, uh, you know, the psychology of this stuff is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I do, I like how you said it can be top down, it can be bottom up, but we always can inject a little bit of levity into the situation and hopefully create a better situation, not only for ourselves, but for everybody around us as well. If you're on a team, you need that team to, to, you know, be happy and be effective. Um, you know, happy people make good uh, partners. Uh, miserable people can really um, bring down organizations, companies, projects, um, I know my, my, my cousin calls it uh, Debbie Downer. Yes. Debbie Downer. I'm going, yes. oh, well, how about a Donald Downer? Downer. I don't want to be a Donald Downer. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I know just for me personally, you know, I call it sparkle, but when I'm living my sparkle and feeling it, I get more done and I make better decisions. And when I'm in a bad mood and I've got that negative mindset and everything's against me, blah, 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 I don't get as much done. And the Inevitably, the decisions that I've made when I'm feeling grouchy are really bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, uh, decisions made in haste most often, right? You know, uh, knee-jerk reaction. It's, it's, 
it's hard to, I mean, it happens to us all, uh, yeah. but it, it uh, you know, uh, once again, going, hearkening back to my mom, teach, you know, take three deep breaths and, and you know, think uh, if you were going to say something, would you say that to your grandmother? And uh, boy, that stopped me a number of times from, you know, walking right over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know, mom, mom was a pretty big influence on me. That's great. Uh, so yeah. was my dad. My dad was great too. So I was really lucky with having such supportive and great uh, parents that allow us to do what we what we like. Yeah, that's a huge benefit. That's that's wonderful. And you know that kind of moves us right to the next uh, thing: AU in flaunt, which is accept unconditionally. And I find that that's one of the most difficult things to do in life because we always think, if only then I would, if only then I would, or when this happens, then I will. And you know, you had this amazing environment growing up with some really positive people. But for people out there who didn't have that, they can just accept that and they can choose to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's been some difficult things in your life too that you've just had to accept unconditionally and move on. And I was hoping to share some of those. Uh, So I was reasonably good at hockey. I I got an injury when I was uh, younger and I I didn't, uh, I really didn't come back uh, from it um, to become, you know, what I thought was going to be a trajectory to a high level career or even, you know, college experience as, as an athlete. Um, but, you know, you could either cry about being injured and, you know, let that define you just being, you know, a hockey player. Uh, or you can say, all right, well, this isn't working. So guess what? I better find an alternative. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of a mourning period. It's like the, oh, the, you know, you know, there's a, always a little bit of like, oh, I'm so sorry for myself. But, um, you know, sooner or later, you got to you gotta turn that around or else it's a, you know, you're going down a, a, a really dark path. And a, so, you know, when you hit a roadblock, you see if you can get through it, and if you can't, you adjust. It's like in the startup world or early stage world when you think you have the most wonderful thing uh, known to man, and then you find out people want something a little bit different, and so you have to pivot. And being in a startup world, you have to always pivot to meet the needs of your customer. The folks that don't pivot fail. Um, so, you know, these, these um, you know, some people look at these, uh, uh, you know, happenings as, you know, the end. Um, I just, you know, think it's just another thing to steer me onto the right course. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of all goes back to that value sought and value delivered. You know, you're starting up, you have this idea, but yeah, what what is it that people really want? And that pivoting, it's value sought and value delivered. If People aren't seeking it out. You got to change. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the constant learning as well as, I mean, I think you mentioned, you know, learning what not to do is as important or more important than learning, you know, than knowing exactly what to do, I suppose, would be. It's, it doesn't work like that in the real world. It's, you know, you're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I love that you also mentioned that there is that mourning period. There, you know, sometimes you don't know, and if I only had known, and I wish I would have known, but the choice is to quit, 
or to pivot and to accept that and to figure it out and to move on. Yeah. I mean, everyone has these, you know, challenges through, throughout life. And, you know, it's how you, it's how you learn how to accept and go forward. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like in the e-discovery world. E-discovery can be a messy business. There's always problems. Um, it's not so much, you know, well, certainly you want to reduce your problems, but they're going to happen. It's not, it's not that problems aren't going to happen. It's how you recover from them and go forward in a better way. That is, that's what I call the mark of a good uh, electronic discovery service provider. It's, you know, do their best to avoid and to mitigate the risk of issues. But when those issues do happen, how they recover from them in a positive, effective, quick manner. That's what is an A vendor versus a B or C or D vendor. Yes. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Because so much time and energy I think can be wasted with this blame and what happened and it's not really that bad. And then (laughs) you lose all this time because you're not correcting a problem that should have been faced head on and been like, okay, here we are. Accept it. That was really bad. Now what are we going to do? Absolutely. It's accept it, take care of it. And Generally speaking, and this is actually pretty good stuff for a customer relationships or any relationship. You hit this rocket, you know, this bump in the road, and there's, you know, you build bonds through battling through the tough times, through the, you know, oh my gosh, we had to really uh, circle the wagons on this issue, but we got through it, and so it creates a little bit of teamwork, and and uh, it can actually build relationships, which is really really pretty cool. Yeah. I just had a situation where that occurred and uh, we had a, well, we didn't, but I was brought in to help with a bump on the road and everyone came out much happier than, (laughs) much happier after the fact than when they were going into it. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone was ready to, you know, sort of bare knuckle box and, but now they're, you know, patting each other on the back saying, what a good thing we did together. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And that's that next step is navigating the negative. And I like to say navigation is an active act. You know, you don't know what's coming up. You've got to react in the moment and you've got to keep on keeping on. You're spot on again. Um, You have to, you know, you you prepare yourself for these kinds of situations um, um, through your experiences. but when things do happen, you have to be ready to, you know, my, I'll, I'll pull up my father's, you know, don't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich, Cash. If you got something, keep your head out of the sand and stare it straight in the eye and fix it. And that is, um, that's important. And understanding how to do that without panicking, but without uh, frivolity is, um, that's a real skill. That's yeah. a real skill. Um, because sometimes if you're not panicking, people go a little overboard and make light of the situation when it's a serious situation. And that can be frustrating to other, you know, uh, either business partners, uh, teammates. So it's, you know, it's gauging the crowd, gauging the stakeholders to understand what types of responses uh, and actions and, and how you deliver them. It's not, you know, it's it's the delivery more than anything else because usually the steps are very similar to to fix something, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know 
you know, hey, you do this is not the best way to, you know, you know, hey, we may want to consider doing this. It's probably a little bit better uh, path to take. So, yeah. And you tied it all together really well just with that navigation because, you know, we've talked about find your fetish, which is that spark, that inspiration, that learning, laughing, using humor to elevate, but to not push things over into frivolity and to address it head on by accepting it, knowing what's next, and then making the change. I mean, it's this whole package. How do we do it with that connection? And I think since you love people, that helps you make an accurate assessment and pull it all together so change can happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, sort of, you know, going back to this event where I was at and saying you've, you know, uh, automated cash. I mean, yeah. that's in essence what Clara Legal does. We're aligning these, these, these entities, whether they're people or organizations, to have better data, better information, to make better decisions, to get better outcomes, so, so that everyone in the value chain is rewarded fairly. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I mean, that's what makes a good uh, relationship. Yeah. And and I want you to talk about that a little bit, the way Clara Legal takes the navigation and helps that navigation process. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. <laughs> let me try this. Uh, so we match buyers of legal services to, to vendors or sellers of legal services, primarily in electronic discovery and cybersecurity. When these issues hit, there, there's a little bit of... Um, crisis uh, that kicks in and oh boy we're in trouble here what do we do well if you come to Clara Legal we have a way to help you define what it happened define you know what you need and then go out to a pool of vetted vendors who may be able to or well can solve your problem and then you know it's it it's all about the value exchange so you know we we do some uh some bidding so that usually get to choose from anywhere from four to 12 providers who have the skills capability and scope to do the work you need that you've defined up front in the product and they all bid on the job um so that and then we we matrix that out so that the buyer can look at the information look at what they need make an apples to apples comparison based on data relationship to select the, the the partner or partners on the go forward, um, it 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 really works well. Corporations get better outcomes and um, lower costs. Service providers, even with the lower cost bidding, the the work is coming in so cleanly they can execute it more efficiently. Um, the time savings, just the organizational time savings, is immense. We do in hours what. Um, you know, an organization uh, could take weeks or months to do um, and the procurement process and the managing the vendors. And, and then, you know, then it's not just matching them. It's giving a facility to, you know, make sure that the execution works. So a communication path, you know, oh boy, we ran into this issue. How do you want us to proceed? Instead of doing that in email or text message or water cooler conversation, we put it in software that's trackable so that, Tomato ends up being tomato, not tomato end up being, you know, watermelon. Right. Um, 
it's, it's hot here in Michigan today. I, I was, I'm thinking about some watermelon later on. Apology for the <laughs> analogy. But, I um, like that. So it sounds to me, for lack of a better word, that in essence, and correct me if I'm wrong, Clara Legal is almost like a project management system. So you take away a lot of the risk, yeah. you help people define what it is they want, you give them vetted you know, vendors, so you're taking away some of that risk and you're managing that whole thing by asking the right questions. Do you want this? Do you not want this? This person can do this, this. Does that, is that it, it is. It's part of project management is part of it. It's really vendor management and procurement. So we automate the request for proposal. We automate the bidding process. We automate, um, there's a reason I can go out and get 12 vendors to bid on work with a full uh, proposal behind it in two hours. Um, ah. Or in my past, it's been, well, when I did a big project, it was two and a half months. Um, and it was many people involved. So it was, it saves thousands of hours, thousands of dollars and dollars. time. And let's face it, re reviewing RFPs is not exactly the sexiest job in the world. So, you know, by, by taking something that's sort of a hassle and making it slick and easy and, and, and trusted, where, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a positive mood bump up too to the people that are involved in this situation. So yeah, procurement, vendor management, project management, those are the three sort of uh, managements that we, we tackle. Right. No, that makes sense. But just in terms of the whole navigating the negative, it seems like you've streamlined so much that you've taken so many, there's room for air and you've mm -hmm. taken away a lot of that room for air. You're correct. You're absolutely correct. It's room for error based on, you know, cumbersome work, um, poor information. Yeah. Um, we get good information. We do it quickly, efficiently. We get the right targeted information for people to make decisions and for the providers to execute towards. Mm -hmm. It's really streamlining. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we talked earlier about sometimes you learn the most by making a mistake. We don't know what we don't know. And it seems like by using Clara Legal, people will start knowing what they don't know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're spot. I mean, so I lived the problem. That's how I came up with this concept of Clara Legal. I was, you know, I was the poor guy in the corner office writing our responses to proposals that were 200 or 250 pages long, just, you know, boy, thank God I wasn't on a high um, uh, floor because I, and, and with the windows open, because I might have, <laughs> but uh, the, um, but then when I had some people on the buy side of the equation, because I was on the vendor side of the equation, come to me and say, yo, Cash, you're, you're an expert at this stuff. I have these 15 proposals for a multi-million dollar litigation. Could you line them up for me? And you know, this will be competitive intelligence for you is what the quote was. Um, and I'd say, well, sure. Well, it took me four days of my life that I will never get back. And I was going through it like, uh, you know, quote unquote expert. And that's when the light bulb really went off. It's like my job filling out RFPs to win work as a vendor was always, you know, a pain in the neck. But boy, oh boy, these buyers, they're in a really rough position because it's hard to compare these things. It's, it's, it was really, you know, so when I saw that there, you know, more than just, you know, the vendor part was hard, that was time for me to, to make a change and to try to fix this problem as a neutral third party uh, mm -hmm. software.
Oh yeah. And listeners, I just want to bring that all back down and like have this little ah moment here. <laughs> this, you know, Cash is talking about something that was one of his biggest pains. It was hard to do. It was boring to do. He couldn't compare apples and oranges. It was frustrating. He wanted to jump out the window. He took his biggest pain point and he's created something beautiful and brilliant and helpful out of it. And please listen to that. Let that sink in, breathe in, breathe out. What is your biggest pain point right now? Could that be the universe telling you, yoo-hoo, maybe you can do something about it. Maybe you can build your dreams and live your sparkle by taking the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience that you have gained through having this pain point and turn it into something like Cash did. I like that. I like that. You know, it's funny. The entrepreneurial mindset is someone says problem, all the entrepreneur hears is opportunity. Yes. Yes. Because problems aren't bad. They are a normal part of life. And yes. you're right. <laughs> what can we do with that problem? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, I like that. We'll have to coin that saying. Yes. Yes. See, there, there's something. Let's go for it. <laughs> And that kind of moves us to that last step of flaunt, which is the T, and that's trusting your truth. And trusting your truth is huge. We could probably talk two hours on trusting your truth, but it's all about knowing what's right for you, knowing where you need to be, even if you're not sure that you're capable of it, putting yourself out there and doing it. So you're talking, Cash, about, you know, having this frustration, can't line up the buyers and the sellers, can't compare these proposals, blah, 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 blah. Where was the moment where you did see that opportunity and go, you know what? I am the guy for this. Well, I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, running departments, I ran them like businesses, small businesses, uh, running organizations, always done that. Um, that said, when the I had an opportunity um, to fix what I consider a fragmented and broken market, I had to jump on it. It's something that I needed to do. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't a. a um, it wasn't really a choice for me. I had to do it. There was this thing that I needed to fix and needed to help people with. I was, um, you know, frustrated. And by the way, my frustration level wasn't anywhere close to some of my peers' frustration levels. So I, I felt it uh, almost as a, you know, sort of Don Quixote-like quest to fix this thing. Um, and it it just, you know, that, you know, you know I left a, a well-paid job um to start my own thing and spent a lot of money on building the software building the company building the team so the the reverse polarity on the funds was uh, uh troubling um not so much to me though I, I i'm doing something that i like and that i love and, and and i know at the end of the day it is rewarding personally, professionally, and, you know, it will be more financially as we continue to grow. Uh, but I, it wasn't a question of if, it was when. And I don't think I could go back to an extraordinarily large corporation. I'm used to building things. 
that's what I like to do, fixing, building, growing. Um, sometimes in a large organization, you get, um, uh, you know, you, you know, you have to go through layoffs, you go through other organizational challenges that aren't customer focused. I want to stay focused on the customer and focused on the stakeholders and not spend my entire life, you know, worrying about internal politics, things like that. It's, I'm well, I like what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I just want to go back to something that you said, because it was, it's just the epitome of trusting your truth. When you said, you know, the re reverse polarity on finances and you're putting all this money into it, it's almost, and then you said, I, it's like, I, I was worried, but not really. Mm -hmm. That's trusting your truth because, oh, I hear you on that. There's things I have just dumped an extraordinary, extraordinarily large amount of money in. And sometimes I'll think, this should really concern me. But it just doesn't because I know it's what I need to be doing. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's money well spent. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you can't really put a price on, on happiness and, fixing you know finding your sparkle you know executing towards um something that you really like and really enjoy and working with people that you really like and really enjoy i mean one of the greatest things about starting a company is i get to choose who i work with and i i am very selective in building that world-class team and everyone is positive you know um it is important uh, to me to to uh, for everyone to, you know, sort of row the boat in the right direction and, you know, be a little happy and rewarded for the kind of work we do. And that's, uh, so I, I look for characteristics and people that align with the, I guess, my values or the company's values. I guess they're, they're one in the same right now. <laughs> Which is perfect because, again, that's trusting in your truth. It's saying, this is who I am, and I do tend to see things, you know, a glass is half full as opposed to half empty, and I mm -hmm. like having humor, and I like looking at my problems, and I like fixing things. And, yeah, those are the kind of people you want on your team. So, yes, make the company you. I think that's, I think that's the perfect thing to do in trusting who you are. Yeah, it, 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 you know, the cup's overflowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then again, then that company attracts the right kind of clients too. Uh, uh, yep. It, it, everything aligns. I mean, the universe starts to align um, when you're doing, you know, you're going about things in a, in a positive fashion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So how big is this going to go? I mean, I feel like you are very aligned in your truth and your purpose and your mission. What, what is your, you know, Grand vision here. Well, I have big plans, um, but we need to stay focused on the the you know executing what we have today in the legal space. But um, I have been approached by a number of people in the procurement and vendor management uh, that that do procurement and vendor management in other industry sectors that say, "Oh my gosh, what you're doing here is way better than what we have." And by the way. You know, can you make it for us? Can you make it for real estate? Can you make it for um, software development? Can you make it for manufacturing? I'm in Ann Arbor. You know, we have, you know, in the greater Detroit area, we have all kinds, you know, Ford, GM, you know, and parts suppliers and everything else. And I have these guys knocking on my door saying, you know, when are you going to 
you know, get through this legal thing and come, you know, help us. So, but back to the, 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 the real thing is you have to focus on, you know, sort of one step at a time. Yes. You have to focus on the legal, then, you know, perfect that and build that and generate revenue uh, to grow not only that, but the next vertical market that we can uh, execute in. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I'm a serial sort of entrepreneur type of guy. I don't think I'll ever retire. There's always problems to fix. There's always yeah. things to do. And I would get bored. This is the closest thing I've found to competitive sports, starting a company. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a good reason for me to wake up in the morning. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's just the whole epitome of flaunt, too. You know, all those steps come together to putting yourself out there, to flaunting who you are and what you do, and just loving every moment of it. So, yay. You know, kudos to you. You're <laughs> right. It, it is like sports. It's a fun game. Life, life is a fun game. That, absolutely. Yeah. Fun game that you go through smiling. Yeah, totally. And just in the creation of Clara Legal and just in your own life, you were saying there's the software. You had to build the software. I know you did some IT stuff, but it's my guess that you probably didn't already know everything. And oh, yeah. You surround yourself with people that, that, that compliment you and that you know, have experiences that you don't have and expertise that you don't have. That's part of that team build. How do I play on a hockey line with these guys or gals to, to be successful? Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, you know, a key thing. Like clear legal could be applied in government contracts, for instance. And I don't have experience that, but I know someone who does and I know someone who can help me with it. And I know someone that, you know, but, that's what I look for, you know, the, you know, it's, yeah, you can't be the, the all knowing that's, that's that's for a higher level person than me. (laughs) And I think you're such a great example of that because I, you know, I, I, I'm guessing there's listeners out there who are like, yes, this is awesome. But he already knew that. And he already knew that. And I don't know that. And I can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. But you didn't already know that. And I, you just, it so well you nothing is impossible mm-hmm. nothing is impossible when you have an opportunity you have a challenge on your way there's always an opportunity to figure it out mm-hmm. and, and by the way to ask other people to help you figure it out with you yeah yeah so yeah because you're right people know things and it's probably a big joy for them oh yeah yeah use their gifts I mean, use their gifts in ways they want to be used, right? So lots of people have all these, we used to call it finding the hidden resource. Um, there, There's people that are doing stuff that are maybe stifled in their current role or position or in their job title, um, but they have another side to them and other things that they want to do and want to explore and they feel sort of sort of locked into this sort of framework. I, 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 I believe in um, lower walls between the, the functional areas and the types and to allow people to really, you know, uh, an engineer might want to participate in marketing. Hmm. And the marketing might want to participate in software development or user experience or finance. I mean, there's, you know, you've got to allow people and organizations the opportunity to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And do stuff they like to do. 
Oh, yeah. And I like how you mentioned kind of that cross-functional, um, you know, an engineer might want to participate in marketing. There's this great story, and I don't know the facts of it, so I'll just tell the story without the facts. <laughs> but it was the development of something. It wasn't, it wasn't penicillin, but it was like tuberculosis or something like that. And it was the milkmaid who literally went into the barn and milked the cows who ended up making the discovery because she knew something about the way the cream was sitting you know, out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where the scientists are sitting there working on it, she noticed it because her industry was milk and how the cream rises. And I can't remember yeah. all the details, but it's often not in that functional area that we get the greatest gain. It's somebody on the outside looking in who doesn't know what we know. You got it. It's a second set or a third set or a fourth set of eyes. Someone that's looking from the outside in can often see it's like doing a crossword puzzle. You can, you know, scrutinize and get frustrated someone else takes a fresh look or you put it down and you pick it up the next day or you know that fresh look often you know that's your sort of um oh your aha moment mm -hmm. um it's um it's important to to integrate uh cross-functional um thought yeah i don't even want to call it opinion it's thought um you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's never to be discarded. Yeah, and that's what I'm also seeing is the brilliance of Clara Legal. You're bringing in, you know, the knowledge from the vendors, you're bringing in the, you're, it's this whole cross-functional thing, and you're having people look at it from the outside, and I think you've raised the level. Not only are you solving problems, but I think you've raised the whole level of thought on this one. I think so. I think so. I mean, having the data to back up the, you know, outcomes is really important. Um, I mean, we're really using, um, you know, technology enhanced business process improvement to speed things up, make them more efficient. But we're also using marketplace economics and marketplaces have been around forever um, to, you know, to, to get that value exchange going here in price. People sometimes confuse price with value. Mm -hmm. Price is just the measurement of value. It's what, you know, someone is willing to pay for something is not mean what value they, you know, it's not the only component. It's just a measurement of it. So it's, it's so important to, to, to the marketplace economics and making, uh, well, I'll give you another example. So we automate the RFP process. And people dread the RFP process. They dread it. It's an administrative burden. They they do everything they can to 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 bypass it. So, but I did to say, you know, thou will do an RFP process. Um, there were good reasons for it. It was to quickly and accurately identify vendors who have the, the ability to do your work safely, accurately, and at a reasonable price, and to be able to do it quick. Over time, that process has morphed into something that's undistinguishable, you know, just crazy. Uh, we're bringing the RFP process back to its original intent, intent. you know, quick, easy, effective, valuable. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it just helps everybody. Everybody in the value chain uh, uh, appreciates the, the uh, reduced administrative burden and the 
the information that they have to make better decisions. You know, how should I bid on this? Well, here's some information. You might want to bid like this. How yeah. should I ask for this? Well, you know, we have that too. So yeah. Brilliant. It, it works pretty cool. It's, you know, I didn't make up marketplace economics. I'm pretty sure that predates, uh, you know, the pyramids. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Cash, thank you so much for your time and for your energy today and for your willing to, willingness to share both your personal story as well as your professional story. And I hope the listeners have a few different takeaways here. I hope, first of all, they get this huge takeaway that their problems are only opportunities and that like you, they can transform not only themselves, but maybe their industry and also maybe industries they know nothing about. So thank you for that. I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laura. This was really a pleasure and an honor. I truly appreciate the opportunity. You are most welcome. And listeners, take a lot of this to heart. Have a fantastic week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams. Live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 